Look around, what do you see? Cars, lots of them. And guess what? They're probably on Auto Trader. Whether you're into timeless classics or the latest trends, did somebody say solar-powered, eco-friendly, vegan, leather-wrapped, aromatherapy-scented, disco ball-equipped, self-driving car? If you see it on the road, you can likely find it on Auto Trader. Big cars, small cars, blue cars, new cars, used cars, electric cars, and one day, maybe even flying cars. With millions of options to choose from, buying a car becomes a whole lot easier. See it. Find it. Auto Trader. It's been almost 3,000 years, and Greek mythology has proved that it is not going anywhere. But it can be difficult to find entertaining and engaging retellings of these myths that aren't fictionalized. Lucky for you, I'm here. Let's Talk About Myths Baby is the Greek mythology and ancient history podcast of your dreams. I dive into the convoluted and confusing ancient sources so you don't have to. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Chuck here on a Saturday. I'm not going to be weird this week, I promise you. I'm going to take you back in time, though, to November 1st, 2018, because this is one of our episodes on famous toys. We love doing these eps. They're nostalgia bombs for everyone that listens. And this is all about the Easy Bake Oven. That's why it's called How Easy Bake Ovens Work. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. There's Ramsey over there, the huge, uh, which means it's time for Stuff You Should Know, Nostalgia Edition, colon, T.S. Hodgman. Yeah, we've done a few toys. Um, Play-Doh, uh, Slinkies, right? Mm-hmm. What else? Well, does a boomerang count as a toy? Uh, it's a way of life, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've done tons. We did Silly Putty. Silly Putty, sure. Uh, we did, um, uh, you know, a bunch. That, uh, the, ba- the balls? We yeah, the balls, balls. The balls episode, <laughs> how balls work. They round and they bounce. We said balls like a million times in that episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's kind of cool, though. The Easy Bake Oven, which I never had one. Did you ever have one in your home? I don't think so, no. I don't think my sister had one either. Although I was a pretty tubby kid, so it's possible that my mom was like, make sure your brother doesn't know you have one of those. <laughs> Do not feed your brother anything from there. Uh, but it's interesting that this is one where uh, – Sort of a very simple idea, and you never can tell what's going to hit toy-wise. Nothing super complex about this other than you could literally bake food and sort of pretend to be an adult in the kitchen. That was the basis of it, being an adult. That was kind of uh, Kenner's thing. And Kenner, the people who made Star Wars toys, were the ones behind this. And they were very much into um, toys that— like let kids pretend they were grown-ups. Yeah. That was their bag. Yeah. I have a new neighbor, actually. Shout out to Rick. <laughs> Kathy. <laughs> hey, guys. Well, they really uh, got under your skin, huh? What? Rick and Kathy got a shout out on the podcast and their new neighbors? Jeez. Yeah, because he worked for, I was talking to him and I was like, he seems like a good guy. And I was like, what, you know, what do you do, Rick? He's retired now. What did you do? And he's like, I was a, uh, toy and action figure designer for Kenner. And I was like, wow, whoa. What years? He came on after his first, the first thing he worked on was the 
Tim Burton Batman movies. Nice. And he stayed on for a long time, like his whole career, like wow. after they were sold and everything. Wow. Pretty neat. That is very cool. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. So, uh, he still does wonderful uh, sculpture. So oh, I'll bet. just go after Rick Watkins' art online and, and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going to check it out. But, I mean, Kenner is such a big deal to, like, to people our age and of many ages. But I didn't realize that they – I didn't realize their origin as a company. Remember in the we talked we did a whole action figures episode. Remember? Oh yeah. And we talked a lot about Kenner. Was that a two part episode or was it just like an hour and a half long? Mm, I feel like very, it was just long. It was very long. But um, Kenner almost didn't do the Star Wars ones, if I remember. But for us at least, that put Kenner on the map. What I didn't realize is that Kenner was already on the map as far as toys go. Yeah. And one of the ways that they got there was from the Easy Bake Oven, which debuted in November of 1963, right around the time that John Kennedy was shot. Yeah, but uh, Kenner had been around since the 1940s. Um, Albert Philip and Joseph Steiner um, formed the company after, as legend goes, uh, one of them saw a bubble you know, maker bubble wand or whatever you call them. Yeah. And it was like, hey, if I could do a gun that shoots bubbles, we might be onto something. And that was their very first product is the Bubblematic gun. Yeah. And then whatever, less than 20 years later, the Easy Bake Oven, even though, as we learned today and yesterday, there had been toy ovens since like the Victorian days. Yes. Like really, really dangerous ones. <laughs> I know, like real, <clears throat> real little ovens. Yeah, like wood-burning pellet solid fuel stoves made of cast iron mm -hmm. that were sized down for little kids to use. <laughs> yeah, basically like, here's the oven that can kill your parents. We'll just make a smaller one that can kill you. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so the the children's play oven, functioning play oven um, history very kind of closely tracks the real oven history, right? Yeah. Like when there were cast iron Wood-burning ovens, there were kids' versions of them. As they, as real ovens moved into uh, electric ovens, there were kids' versions of them. Mm -hmm. Apparently, um, Lionel, the train, the model train makers, sure. they made some in the 30s. Also, we want to give a shout-out to Lisa Hicks and the people at Collectors Weekly for a great article we also used for um, this yeah. episode, too. But <clears throat> um, in the 30s, there were electric ovens. By the 40s or 50s, I think— there were fiberglass insulated ovens, electric ovens. It was just like a small oven for kids. Mm -hmm. But they were ovens. They were extremely dangerous. And um, Kenner had this really great idea. And the reason that this idea came about at Kenner to begin with is apparently Kenner was really big on <clears throat> having – like, ideas could come from anywhere. Yeah. Anybody in the company, float an idea. And people would listen. They had, like, regular meetings where, you know, there were bull sessions. Maybe they ordered some, like, chow mein or something like that. Everyone mm -hmm. rolled up their sleeves and relaxed and, and spat out ideas. And one of the salesmen from uh, Kenner came back in from the field and said, you know what? I saw something. I saw some pretzel vendors keeping their pretzels warm on the street using a light bulb. What if we used a light bulb to heat up an oven for the little kitties? And somebody, I think Charles Howes, Ralph Howes. Well, Norman Shapiro was that gentleman. Okay. And then Ronald Howes. Ronald Howes. Was the big-time inventor for Kenner 
who uh, had a couple of like really big uh, products under his belt, mm-hmm. and he was like, "That that's an ace's idea." That's exactly how he talked. Yeah, probably so. Everyone hated him for it, <laughs> but he was really good at inventing toys, so they had to put up with it. Yeah, but Kenner's deal, like you were saying, was uh, find things that mimic adult things, mm-hmm. and that's like kind of. I bet like kids are going to dig that stuff, and they did from like, and kids still do little toy lawnmowers yeah. and toy bulldozers and. Uh, I mean, Ruby's got a little cleaning set with like a duster and a dustpan and a mop. And <laughs> is like, she is she OCD? No, but I mean, all the time she will say, you know, come on, Daddy, let's clean, and she'll hand me a mop. That's a little OCD. Uh, well, no, that's good then. Yeah, <laughs> I like where she's headed. Did you have one of those um plastic safety razors so you could shave next to your dad? No, I did. But I was, pr- I think, a lot of boys are pretty obsessed with shaving before they sure. have whiskers. Yeah. And I, I think I heard that it would actually stimulate hair growth on your I face. I was about to say, I remember being worried about that. Yeah, because I didn't have, I had a pretty, I mean, looking at me now, you would never know, but I didn't have a lot of facial hair going on until uh, well into college. Was it like lacking or did it come in patchy? Just a little bit, sort of like my brother is now. He just stayed in that phase where. Your brother's got a perfect chiseled face. Well, I know. <laughs> That's because he doesn't have a beard. Oh, okay. But um, Scott can grow a pretty decent goatee now, but I don't. I don't think he could grow the full beard. But his his was. We were both spotty, like a little bit above the lip, a mm-hmm. little bit on the chin. The one part just kind of traced a line up to your eye <laughs> from around from under your nose. Yeah, but I mean, it was sort of a family thing. We're not hairy dudes. We don't have very hairy legs or. It is odd that you have like such that. a full beard. Like I don't have hairy arms or. Anything like that? You're you're a beast. I don't know if "beast" is the right <laughs> word, but yes, I'm a little hairy. You're a hairy guy. My uh, chest hair definitely plucks out from under my shirt. You ever done any like uh, laser or anything like that? No, no. Good for you. No, I'm just I'm hairy. No, I mean you're normal. It's not like you're Robin Williams. No, he was hairy. Yes, he was. God rest his soul. Yes, indeed. So back to the ovens. So um, there, the the idea has been put out there now by Norman Shapiro. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and it was taken up by Ronald House, and this was this was huge and groundbreaking because again, there were safe, there were um, unsafe ovens for kids that had been around since the 19th century. Mm-hmm. What these guys had just happened upon was the way to make another unsafe oven seem safe mm-hmm. to parents. Yeah. That was that was it. That was the genius of this idea. That is what made easy bake ovens take off. What they had figured out was that if they used a light bulb as the heating element, and believe me, a light bulb can can heat up an oven. Sure. Um, 350. Yeah. Up to 350, which is a common baking temp. Yes, from a light bulb. <laughs> and actually, at first, as we'll see a pair of light bulbs. But the fact is, they're light bulbs, and parents are familiar with light bulbs. They don't seem right. weird or scary. Yeah, it's not a wood pellet. And the fact that it's not like a heating element, like in an actual oven, it's just a light bulb, that is what they used to convince parents that this was a safe product that they could buy for their kids. It was a genius idea. It really was. And like you teased a second ago, the very first model, uh, 1963, mm-hmm. and if you look at that very first one, it doesn't really even look like an oven. Well, certainly the new one doesn't either. No. I did go online. I was like, maybe I should get one of those, but they're ugly now. They, I'm sorry to the person who designed them. Yes, <laughs> I'm glad you said it. They are ugly little ovens. Yeah, they should kind of go back to looking more classic, I think. Yeah. That would be my advice. Um, <laughs> but they used two 
100-watt incandescent bulbs Mm -hmm. at first, one over the top and another under the bottom. Obviously, they were trying to get an even heat because you're baking things. Right, and and they very wisely designed this thing um, so that the actual oven part was basically inaccessible to the kit. Right. On either side, so just imagine a box. Um, Okay. Oh, man, here's where... I love it. Okay. It's my favorite thing when you try to describe something visual. Let me, let me see if I, if I close my eyes, it works. Uh, imagine a box. Okay. And then coming out from either side of the box are a couple of um, little little arms. Okay. But the arms are half arms, uh-huh. and they're rectangular and hollow. Okay. And they're actually openings. Mm-hmm. One opening, you slide in the uncooked thing that you want to bake into the heating area, the oven. Mm-hmm. Let it bake, and you push it through the other the other side, the cooling <laughs> chamber, and then it comes out the other arm. Everyone, Josh just had his eyes closed that entire time, <laughs> and For it real. worked. I it really work. painted a great picture in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yeah. So that's what what's going on. You had the two bulbs, um, and in fact, let's go ahead and take a break there. Oh, oh, okay. It's a nice little cliffhanger. When we come back, I'll re-describe the Easy Bake Oven again. Sounds good. Who hasn't heard names like Achilles or Odysseus, Cassandra, Medusa? But how much do you know about them from the ancient world? Let's Talk About Myths Baby is the podcast bringing the ancient sources to life. Greek myth and history is timeless, and unless you've been living under a rock, you have seen just how true that is today. But there is so much more to these characters and stories than what pop culture can do justice. I'm Liv Albert, the host of Let's Talk About Myths, Baby, and every week I bring you stories from the ancient world, both mythological and historical, to breathe new life into these thousands of years old stories. I'm also regularly joined by some of the most brilliant names in the field of archaeology and ancient history, authors of your favorite retellings from today, and everyone in between. Join me as I dive into the wild world of the ancient Greeks and their stories. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths, Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. 
This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we were at one bulb, right? uh, Yeah. I'm sorry, no, we were at two bulbs. Right. So long ago, I couldn't remember. (laughs) I know. It was a full ad ago. (laughs) But then what they did was they figured if they just engineered this thing to distribute heat and hold heat a little better, almost like a convection oven. Yeah. Exactly like a convection oven, that they could go down to one bulb. Yeah, there was a dude named uh, Charles... Hold on. I really want to, Yeah, Charles Cummings. Charles One Bulb Cummings? Yeah, that's what he was known <laughs> as. Charles Cummings was an, uh, a designer at Kenner. And I think in the late 70s, he designed the interior of the oven so that it, the bulb, one bulb, created convection current. Yeah. So it cooked just as well as two bulbs, but you just needed one. Um, and he owns the patent to that. Oh, really? Which well, is the smart. way it should be. Yeah. He was the designer. He came up with it. That's pretty rare, too, I think. Kenner, of course, I'm sure had an exclusive license to it, but right. I'm sure he got, like, a decent amount of money from that license agreement. Mm-hmm. That is the way it should be. He also created the patent, um, or he held the patent for the add-on popcorn maker that you could put oh, yeah? onto the Easy Bake Oven, too. Good for him. Good for you, Charles Cummings. Charles One Bulb Cummings. He probably lives on top of a mountain somewhere. <laughs> he does. On a, on a mountain of money. Uh, so, all right, you're down to one bulb, mm-hmm. thanks to Charlie Cummings. Yeah. They initially wanted to call this in 1963 when it was two bulbs. The, when they debuted. Yeah, right out of the gate, they wanted to call it in November of 63, the safety bake oven, because they really wanted to drive this home, was that it was super safe. Right. And mm-hmm. the regulatory bodies were like, you can't, you haven't even sold one yet. Like, we don't, we're not sure if this is going to kill kids. Right. It, it burned a dozen monkeys during the product <laughs> testing trials. Oh, that's so awful. Um, but you can't call it that yet because we don't know yet whether it's truly safe. Go ahead and sell them. Sure. But just don't, just don't call it safe. The safety bake oven. So they're like, well, what about easy? And they're like, are we still talking about this? We're done with you. Go away. <laughs> and um, they, so they were like, okay, fine. We'll call it the easy bake oven then. Right. And they sold it as the easy bake oven, and it sold out immediately. They sold it. So November 1963 is right before the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's in the Christmas season, yes. I think, even back then. Yes. And they they made a little more than half a million units and sold them all at, before Christmas. Yeah, for fifteen ninety five, which is expensive. That would be about $130 today. No. Yeah, that's a that's an expensive toy. Wow. And if you look at the thing, I saw a picture of one that's for sale on eBay for really cheap. I think it was like 30 bucks or something. Really? It was unused in the box, still what? needed to be assembled. 
But if you look at it, you're like, that thing looks like a death trap. Huh. It looks like the Ford Pinto of, of children's <laughs> toys from the 60s. Yeah. You know, like the sharp metal edges? Yeah, sure. And like, all, like that's what it looks like. Like <laughs> like the baby strollers we were pushed around in. Yeah, remember that the Dan Aykroyd SNL skit from years ago with the dangerous Christmas toys? Hmm. And there was one called the, the Bag of Glass. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> uh, and that's all it was. It was yeah. just a bag of shards of glass. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they sold a half a million and then they're like, we got to make a lot more of these for next year. Yeah, because this is back at a time when toys didn't do that very often. You know, it seems sure. like every Christmas now people are like, well, what's the toy we should go fight other parents for right, in the right. aisles? Yeah. Tell us. Yeah, because I'm training in the ring. This is when it right, This is when it happened organically, when you put out a toy and if it became like the fight-worthy toy, that was a few and far between thing. <laughs> the Easy Bake Oven was the fight-worthy toy right out of the gate. Yeah, so in year two, I think they they made about 1.5 million, sold all those, mm-hmm. and here was the, here's the little bit of genius from Kenner, is uh, anytime you can sell a supplementary product to the the big thing, yeah, then you're really uh, cooking with gas. That's like the, ironically the Gillette Razor <laughs> model. I think it was sure. King Gillette who came up with that. Yeah, so the, what they did was they sold. Uh, mixes, you know, these little instant mixes that you mm-hmm. would pour and it would make a little cruddy cake. Mm-hmm. And they had 25 of these at first and we're selling those like crazy because like hotcakes. If you're a kid, if if you're a kid, you want all those. You're like, well, so, I haven't tried the, the strawberry cake yet. Plus also, it's Maybe not it'll like, taste better, it's mommy. It's not like you're putting this in like a, a book, like some baseball cards. And you're like, well, I've got this one. I don't need it anymore. It, yeah. You eat that thing and you need another thing and to you, replace it. And you poop it out yeah, and you're not going to eat the poop again. No. You're going to go buy another one. And that was That's the right. genius of the other genius idea of this whole thing. There was a third genius idea, too. Kenner did this so right. The I'm licensing? In awe. Not just, no, the advertising. Oh, sure. So remember, this is kids emulating grownups. That was their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they, they advertised not just to kids through, like, Archie's comics. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they advertised directly to their parents, too. Yeah. Like on, there were ads for the Easy Bake Oven on I Love Lucy mm-hmm. and on Hogan's Heroes, according to this Collector's Weekly um, article. And in these ads, if you look at a lot of old ads and even some of the newer ads, too, for Easy Bake Oven, it's a mom and a daughter. Right. And the, the parent is like, oh, this is something we can do together. I love baking. Mm-hmm. It's basically my whole life. I'm a, I'm, I live in 1963, and I'm a woman. Right. So I would love to share that with my daughter. Uh-huh. Maybe she's old enough to have an easy-bake oven herself. And that definitely helped propel uh, sales for sure because it's not just kids going, I want an easy-bake oven. It's the parents going, that'd be a great thing to do with my kid. Yeah, and of course, as uh, people evolved and people became more woke over time, even though that word wasn't used, oh, no. um, enlightened maybe, it became a bit of a problem with gender roles and like this is for moms and daughters. They're pink and that's what you're supposed to do is be in the kitchen baking for the men. Yeah, I mean, very famously, the Easy Bake Ovens always ended with the disclaimer like, this toy is not for boys. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't really. But essentially. Yeah, it, it, like that was this. That was what was coming through. And the weird thing is, as far as, as like legendary and iconic a toy as the Easy Bake Oven was – as gender roles and um yeah, as gender roles evolved. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was we're talking like the early 70s when this really started to become like a thing. Yeah. The Easy Bake Oven did not evolve with it. Right. As we will see, it wasn't until the like early 2000s 
that they started to like respond to that kind of thing. And I saw an ad for 2014, not a boy in sight. Yeah. All girls. And um, it, it just dancing around like the girliest Easy Bake Oven you could possibly imagine. Yeah. They actually got more girly as time went on, right. more girl-focused mm-hmm. um, as gender roles went on, which is really weird to me to be that. It is. Not just non-responsive, but almost like, no, we're going the opposite way. Yeah, and in the early 2000s, Hasbro, who, uh, you know, they bought out Kenner eventually. Mm-hmm. Makers of the classic Snoopy snow cone machine. I never had one of those. Did you have one of those? No, neighbor did. Okay. Um, but you got to eat some of that sweet, sweet sure. <laughs> sugar ice. There was nothing <laughs> like the taste of, I think, the cherry one. I can't remember, but the, it was just the, the greatest snow cone you could possibly have. And that's until you had a shaved ice later, and you're like, oh, no, wait, this is a lot better. Still number one reigning champ. Really? Number two is blue raspberry slush puppy. Yeah, see, what I would always do was um, slurp that sweet liquid, and then I'd be left with just some faintly colored kind of just ice. Oh, yeah. No, I know. That was the problem with it for sure. Yeah. But if you did it right and you just kind of let it settle, Uh you got, you know, through the nasty stuff first— It, when you got to the bottom, then you got to the true, like, yeah. hyper, hyper-dense snow cone experience. Yeah, I could never do that. I'd still have problems regulating my, like, hot fudge to ice cream ratio when eating a sundae. Oh, yeah? I just won't even do it anymore. You say you do all the hot fudge first, and then you're left with some cruddy ice cream? Yep. That's, I mean, that's standard. Cruddy, delicious ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this ice cream that some people around the world would kill for is cruddy. <laughs> it doesn't have any more fudge. Dude, I've been on a, a 15-year campaign to convince Emily that vanilla ice cream is, like, a legit flavor. Sure. I think she's she still thinks that vanilla ice cream is just, like— Unflavored ice milk? Yeah, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's the one without the flavor added, right? I'm like, no, vanilla. Yeah. This is really delicious, actually. It is. It is. It's subtle. <laughs> vanilla bean ice cream? Like mm-hmm. a true— uh, The flex? Mm, yeah. So good. I'm with you. Uh, so in early 2000, they finally, like you said, tried in a very ham-fisted way to get boys involved with the— the Q-U, Easy Bake? Queasy Bake. Is that what it is? Took me a second, too, because <sighs> Q-U is a separate word. So, okay, now it's not it all even makes hyphenated. Sense. So the Queasy Bake Oven and the Mixerator for you boys, you can make mud and crud cakes mm-hmm. and larvalicious cocoon cookies. And, <laughs> you know, not like, hey, just bake something good because anyone can bake. Yeah, anyone can bake. And they didn't, like, the girls don't don't use that one. Yeah, it was, it was only boys that showed up in these ads. They're like, we really need to get boys involved. How can we do that? Oh, we'll make one specifically for boys that's like they're making cruddy cakes. I mean, I know they're just trying to sell stuff, but when in these meetings, in these marketing meetings, that you just can't help but think they're – it's like a bunch of like 85-year-old men. It's our, it's our Senate yeah, it's in there. Right, they're like screaming and pounding <laughs> and yelling at each other about the idea of uh, like selling this to boys. Oh man! Well, after that, I feel like we should probably take a break. Yeah, we'll go to our Senate chambers and uh, regroup right after this. Hey. 
Who hasn't heard names like Achilles or Odysseus, Cassandra, Medusa? But how much do you know about them from the ancient world? Let's Talk About Myths, Baby is the podcast bringing the ancient sources to life. Greek myth and history is timeless, and unless you've been living under a rock, you have seen just how true that is today. But there is so much more to these characters and stories than what pop culture can do justice. I'm Liv Albert, the host of Let's Talk About Myths, Baby, and every week I bring you stories from the ancient world, both mythological and historical, to breathe new life into these thousands of years old stories. I'm also regularly joined by some of the most brilliant names in the field of archaeology and ancient history, authors of your favorite retellings from today, and everyone in between. Join me as I dive into the wild world of the ancient Greeks and their stories. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths, Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so in 1967, the Easy Bake Oven is selling, like, uh, hotcakes, literally. General Mills buys Kenner. Uh, and they did a couple of genius things. They they partnered because they were General Mills. Mm-hmm. They had no problem because they owned Betty Crocker as well, I assume, um, launching Betty Crocker branded mixes. Right. And then later on, they got into licensing deals with McDonald's and Pizza Hut because here's the thing. You can bake anything in an Easy Week oven because it's just a little oven. Yeah, I saw You can make the... pizza and right. you can make – you don't have to buy these mixes. You can just bake cookies that you made from scratch. Yeah. There's like a lot of um, recipes online. 
easy-bake oven recipes. Yeah, that actually don't taste like garbage. Right. So, um, yeah, they did have a huge line of mixes, though, and they sold more than 100 million of them over the, over the years. Man, that's how they get you. But, I mean, they, there were recipes for or mixes for candy bars, pecan brittle, popcorn, mm-hmm. bubble gum. You could bake your own bubble gum. Interesting. It is interesting. I would have tried that for sure. I want to see bubble gum come out in like a brownie pan. Yeah. I'd be like, I want some of that bubble gum. That looks amazing. We had a cotton candy machine, now that I remember. What? It would just spin sugar and you would. Oh, I know what they do. Yeah. yeah. I wanted one. Yep. That thing was probably dangerous. It was probably like a nuclear centrifuge. What what was interesting about those, or fascinating to me, was it like the the cotton candy... um, this, oh, it's not called. It's like a, not the web. Sponge sugar the, or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I want to say web, but that's not it either. It, you, it's not really visible in the Silk? machine. Yeah. But when you stick in the little cone, yeah. it just builds up on it. Like it's, it, like so it's just coming out of a, another dimension <laughs> into this one. Like coming out of a spider's butt. It's awesome to see. Yeah. A pink and, and, pink and blue spider's butt. Man, I had to go out yesterday to... Uh, I still have my pickup truck because I just kept it because it was paid for. Mm-hmm. And I still move and haul stuff occasionally. Yeah. I had you, to move you something. You to justify it to me. <laughs> I had to move something yesterday. And uh, I went out and there was the most beautiful, huge spider web from a tree down attached to the rear tailgate of my truck. And you're like, Chuck smash. With this big spider right in the middle. And I was like, oh, man, I just felt so bad. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. So you just put it in reverse and pretended nothing, you didn't see anything? No, I actually plucked it off little by little because I wanted to ensure his safety. Oh, and that's nice of you. And the web just goes crumbling down into a long, you know, skinny string, and he, yeah. he climbs right up to the tree, and I was just like, I'm really sorry. He's like, oh, I'm sure you are. I see you. I know. He tried Super to sorry. spit venom into my eyeball. He's um, like, what do, you, what do you need your truck for? And you're like, <laughs> I got to go get peanut butter. <laughs> He's like, oh, good. Thank you for ruining 30 hours of my work. A giant vat of peanut butter that would only fit in my truck. <laughs> um, all right. So let's let's fast forward here to uh, the modern times. In 2007, okay. the uh, Energy Independence and Security Act, when the government said by t- 2012, uh, light bulbs have to increase their efficiency by 25 percent. So bye-bye 100-watt incandescent bulb. Yeah. So let me just say something. Let me set that up, too. Uh, over the years, the Easy Bake Oven had just remained a steady seller mm-hmm. for Kenner and then Hasbro. And the design had been basically the same. It went from two bulbs to one bulb, but it was this closed box where the heating element was mm-hmm. where there was a slot on the side. Remember, I went through the whole <laughs> thing, right. pushed it in, and it came out of the cooling chamber on the other uh-huh. side. Um, but really, the design was the same. The outward look changed. Like, it went from the weird, its own thing to the late 70s and early 80s. Yeah. It started to resemble a microwave. Sure. And then in in uh, response to this change in light bulb requirements, Easy Bake did a redesign in 2006. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, the Easy Bake oven actually looked like an oven, like a stove. Mm-hmm. It had little, like, fake burners on the top. Yeah. It looked like a stove. And it was actually a front loader to where there was, a, 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 like, a, a slot in the front of the Easy Bake oven, mm-hmm. and that's where you put the thing in, and that's where you actually pulled it out from, too. And it went right into the heating element. Um, and they replaced the, the light bulb because, again, so long 100-watt light bulb because yeah. of the Energy Act um, with an actual heating element, a ceramic heating element, like an oven. Yeah, it was an oven. 
So they made an oven, but then when they made the oven, they redesigned this thing so that you could put your fingers right into the <laughs> oven while it was baking yeah. at its hottest temperature. And of course, kids immediately started doing that. How did they, how did that one slip past? No idea. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. So in the end, I think, what, what close to 250 kids ended up with like second and third degree burns. Yeah. One partial amputation of a finger. Yeah. Because kids would get their fingers stuck in it, right? And it's just searing. And then some kids got their fingers stuck in it while it was heated, hot. Yeah. And yes, they were getting huge burns. So um, Hasbro was like, well, we'll do a recall. And they recalled like 985,000. I think ultimately a million of these things they recalled. First, they tried to say, here's a little fix. Yeah, here's a retrofitted piece. It's really easy to snap it on and it'll solve everything. And apparently it did solve everything. They're like, why didn't you make it that way to begin with? Right. But most parents were not... Like they didn't have their ears out that there was a recall of their Easy Bake Oven, and so their kids, the kids, st- kept getting burned, and and finally Hasbro was like, just bring them back. So there was a recall of a million Easy Bake Ovens from that 2006 redesign. That's a terrible. huge toy for them. Like to, if that would have <clears throat> ruined the Easy Bake Oven, mm-hmm. that would have been a big, big deal. So what they did was they temporarily went back to an old design featuring a light bulb too while they redesigned it to the new version. So uh, then they came out in 2011 with that that really ugly designed, what's called the Easy Bake Ultimate Oven. Oh, I'm looking at it now. That thing's, yeah, it does. It looks terrible. It's horrible. It's super, it looks like it's on the go or something like that. <laughs> I don't like it. It looks like a weird toaster oven. Yeah, but it's sort of, it looks like it's trying to look futuristic and modern, which never ends up looking like that. No, it doesn't. But they also made it pink and purple. Yep. Super girly. The Fla- ads were super girl targeted. Yep, there's flowers on it. And again, they were like, nope, this is for girls. Boys, don't play with this. So in 2000, I think 2013, there was a girl named um, McKenna Pope. Yes. Who is just a hero. Of heroes. She's amazing. I saw an interview with her on CNN. It's pretty great. She's just so, like, self-possessed and intelligent and, like, well-spoken, but also, like, a kid and aware she's a kid. She's just amazing. One of those clearly reincarnated. Yeah. Um, and she went on a—she a, started a petition to get Hasbro to make a gender-neutral version of its Easy Bake Oven because her little brother um, liked to bake, but— realized that the Easy Bake Oven was for girls. Mm -hmm. She wanted him to be able to bake, so she said, Hasbro, why don't you make one that's gender neutral and got something like 50,000 signatures for her petition, and Hasbro came out with a new version of the Easy Bake Ultimate Oven, which was just a black version of it, black and I think silver. I'm surprised it wasn't like uh, Mm -hmm. our brush stainless model. Sure, right. Like to emulate, you know, kitchens. Right. Yeah, she's... Gee, she's probably almost 20 years old now. Yeah. wonder what she's doing. McKenna Pope, are you out there? She's some sort of, like, consumer protection lawyer, I'll bet. Probably so. I hope so. Me too. Uh, 2006, they go into the National Toy Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The same year that disastrous redesign. Yeah. They got in just under the wire. <laughs> they did, yeah. Whew. Can't take it back. I'm trying to look here at their, from their very own website, some of the landmark years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is kind of funny that it emulated the styles of the time, unless they were just doing pink. Like in 69, they premiered the avocado green. Yeah. The very next year was Harvest Gold. Yeah. 
It's very good. Metallic P. <laughs> we say that a lot in our house. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, they had a potato chip maker. Do we mention that? No. 1973, the Easy Bake Potato Chip Maker. That's awesome. And um, then in 78, they finally started putting a fake digital clock on it that uh, always read 1230. Okay. Not 420. <laughs> you see that a lot in, in as a joke. Sure. And like the... Pothead joke. Yeah, but like you'll see a, a, a an alarm clock ad in like a mm-hmm. Sky Mall or something and it'll say 420. Right, because the publisher's sure. not paying attention. They get it. Doesn't know. Or they don't care. Sure. I remember years ago when we used to have uh, a lot of illustrations on how stuff works and had two in-house illustrators mm-hmm. that I won't name. Mm-hmm. And remember one of them drew a like a park scene for me and the tree clearly had a marijuana leaf like mm-hmm. embedded in it. Right. And I was like, hey, man, you, you can't do that. And he was like, oh, that was completely an accident. Right. I was like, man, I wasn't born yesterday. Yeah. I've seen a pot leaf before. I mean, I, I thought it was funny, leaf. but like, you know. Yeah. Couldn't do that. You got anything else? I don't think so. Easy bake oven. Mac and cheese you can bake. Oh, in 2003, <laughs> they uh, they introduced the real meal oven. And you could that's when you could do like french fries and pizza and mac and cheese and stuff. I think that was the predecessor to the ceramic heating element that they eventually redid so. the, the Easy Bacon in 2006. Good stuff. Good stuff. If you want a nice blast from the past, just type in like Easy Bake Oven commercials. There's one from 1980 that was just perfect. Yeah. Was it rad? No, it was pre-rad. Oh, okay. It was like Carpenter's era. Gotcha. Which is not rad, but still lovely. Yes. Love the Carpenters. Me too. Um, well, if you want to know more about Easy Bake Ovens or the Carpenters or the Snoopy Snow Cone Machine, just go onto the internet. It's a vast repository of stuff like that. And since I said that, it's time for Listener Mail. Hey, guys. I'm a freelance writer who works remotely, so I've been writing and traveling the world for the past year and a half. It's been wild. Since I've been traveling alone, it can get lonely. But from Mexico City to Bali to Tokyo, you guys have been with me, keeping me company, making me laugh, teaching me all kinds of cool facts. Uh, As a content writer, I also feel a connection to y'all. We both uh, have to research seemingly mundane topics uh, sometimes and discover the cool, interesting things about them, present them in a palatable way. Uh, People sometimes laugh when I'm telling them I'm writing something like the history of the Egg McMuffin or the best month to buy a mattress. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just point to your podcast as a sterling example of how gems and surprises lie within even the most unassuming topics. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. Have you guys ever considered doing a show on digital nomading? Never. I know it's becoming increasingly popular as more companies embrace uh, remote working. Uh, I'm in a cafe in Medellin, Medellin, Colombia right now, and there are five digital nomads tapping away on their laptops as we speak. They would beat me up if they knew I just referred to them as digital nomads. The future is location independent, I say. Thanks again for being so awesome. It's a short-term dream of mine to digital nomad over to a country where you're doing a live show. Buy you guys a drink. Awesome. Uh, If you do read this on the air, please give a shout-out to Mark Alexander, who insisted that I keep listening to you guys even even after I was initially slightly turned off by all of your asides and off-tracking. Happens to a lot of people. And that's funny because we had a lot of those today. You know, that reminds me of a totally unrelated story. Uh, he's, she says, now I very much learned to appreciate those. Uh, he would burst into tears, and I would too. So thank you, Mark Alexander, for turning on your friend, uh, Maria Cristina Ladonde. That's Thanks a, a lot. Beautiful name. 
Yeah. I'm sorry, Lalonde. Lalonde. Maria Cristina Lalonde. Beautiful. Um, and I hope that uh, your buddy did just burst out into tears. That'd be amazing. Pretty neat. Thanks for that email. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web at stuffyoushouldknow.com. Check out our social links there. And if you like, send an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It's been almost 3,000 years, and Greek mythology has proved that it is not going anywhere. But it can be difficult to find entertaining and engaging retellings of these myths that aren't fictionalized. Lucky for you, I'm here. Let's Talk About Myths Baby is the Greek mythology and ancient history podcast of your dreams. I dive into the convoluted and confusing ancient sources so you don't have to. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.